Welcome to Studio One. If you like what you see, like and subscribe and comment. How are you doing today? It's it's Mike. Yeah, it's Mike. Uh, pretty good. I'm kind of feeling FOMO from the sun. It's a perfect oh, day. Yeah. yeah, I feel you on that one. It's been a very like gray and cool spring. I was uh, researching you, and uh, <clears throat> I really like how one of your Instagram is PP online. <laughs> That's true. That's so. There's a story there. My grandma used to call me PP. That was her nickname for me. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's why that's my Instagram handle. Surprisingly wholesome, yeah. Yeah. So I'm Mike. I'm from uh, Studio One. We're a Toronto platform to interview artists from all walks of life. Thank you for coming on. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks. I'm Pete Moss, and I'm a children's musician and outdoor educator in Toronto. So are you born and raised in Toronto? No, I was born in London, Ontario, and then I grew up in Kitchener, Waterloo, and I moved to Toronto in 2011. Okay, so fairly yeah. recent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you spend your childhood in Kitchener, Waterloo? I did, yeah. Um, I yeah, grew up right on the border of Kitchener and Cambridge. I went to high school in Cambridge, Ontario, in a, in a small sort of town within Cambridge called Preston. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess all we know about is just like trips to uh, see Shakespeare. That's (laughs) all we know about Cambridge, Toronto kids. Um, Was it like a small town or it doesn't seem like a small town. So I think you're thinking of Stratford, which is close by to Cambridge. Um, Um, But Cambridge has like a similar vibe. Um, Cambridge is like, is three small towns amalgamated Mm. within Kitchener-Waterloo, which is three small cities amalgamated, kind of. Um, But yeah, it's, I would say it's a similar vibe to Stratford. Um, Yeah, hard to, it's, it's, it's really pretty. Mm. Um, And yeah, it's hard, it's hard to, hard to sum up. (laughs) <laughs> Cambridge yeah yeah so how did you get your uh get your start in music education so I was on a path like of being of like working with children um and I became an outdoor educator around 2014 and around that time I was also um, in an indie rock band and it was called Blimp Rock. Um, and yeah, I, I kept that going for, for a while. Um, and then I guess it was in 2019, I kind of decided to like combine both those worlds of like outdoor education and music um, with this Pete Moss project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what, uh, which early childhood educators and shows made a big impact on you? Uh, like Fred Penner and Raffi, for sure. Um, like, um, like Raffi's albums, I can listen to like as an adult and just enjoy them so much. And I think like 
Fred Penner's show, like if you ever like YouTube clips from that show, it's just like, it's, it's super magical. Um, and yeah. And I think like, and he, I think was really passionate about connecting kids to, to nature and the magic of nature. And so um, that is, yeah, definitely some inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, your sister, uh, Jacqueline, she's a children's book, uh, children's book author. So does uh, childhood education run in the family? Yeah, I guess like, yes, because Jacqueline is in, started as a poet and is now also a, a children's author. Um, and my, I have two other sisters and one sister is a teacher mm. and my other sister is a therapist. Uh, so like similar, similar veins of work for sure. Yeah. Good listeners. Yeah. I mean, J like Jacqueline's book is awesome too. Like the, um, it's the, uh, like her last children's book is, is really special. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I was listening to your song. I don't know if this is her last book, but, uh, your song, it's okay to be quiet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, hit me a lot because, um, I always saw myself as an introvert. Now, I don't think people see me as an introvert because I'm such a blabbermouth, but uh, it did hit me uh, in a deeper level. I think that there's a lot of, like you can be a blabbermouth and be an introvert. Those mm -hmm. things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So have you thought of publishing your own children's book? I would love to do that. Um, I haven't pursued it in any serious way. Um, I definitely have made children's books for fun mm -hmm. um, and enjoy doing it. Yeah, certainly something I'm, I'm interested um, in doing one day, but currently I'm focused on other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think one of your biggest uh, priorities is being an outdoor educator at uh, Evergreen Brickworks. I visited during the pandemic a couple months ago. Have you been back? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, my full-time job is at Evergreen and um, I think all, all of my formative days as, a, as an outdoor educator were spent in that park behind Evergreen. And so I have a, very much have a connection to it and, and feel like I know, um, yeah, like know it pretty well and know where certain animals tend to hang out and yeah it's 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 a special place for sure so isn't um this is just me speculating but isn't outdoor education technically safe enough to for for i guess parents and teachers to pursue or is it have you done any of those recently yeah i think like like if we went from like just science and like uh it, it would technically probably be pretty safe um but the work that we do um legally falls under camps um which are currently not permitted by the province so i'm gonna jump on more childhood education stuff and connect it to my own life so mm -hmm. this is might be a long question but i'm going to sound like a hip-hop old head but i think <laughs> the cartoons i grew up on 15 20 years ago are just better than the watered down stuff they have now like spongebob teen titans they used to have more grit 
They have mm. more serious tone, talk about some real issues. But now even SpongeBob and Teen Titans, they're more colorful. They're more one-dimensional. And even Disney cartoons uh, just feels a little devoid of death. Uh, do you relate to this or am I not looking deep enough? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good question. I'm trying to think of like, I don't feel like I have a ton of experience with cartoons, contemporary cartoons. I watched cartoons as a kid a lot and I agree they had some grit and I really like that. Um, And I think I try to make uh, kids music that has a bit of grit as well. Um, I will say that like the kids stuff that I do consume, like I would say that I watch most of the the Pixar movies that come out and I do really enjoy those and, and think there is a level of emotional intelligence and depth that that like is even maybe was somewhat missing in some of the stuff I saw as a kid so um, I will plug that I saw Soul recently and it was really really touching really really beautiful movie I was uh, yeah I like it's always like because movie theaters closed a long time ago it's like Soul is always on my watch list mm-hmm. well, um, it seems like is it is it about loss what, what are the themes of I didn't really look into soul. Yeah, good question. It's, I think it's about like finding, it's about the meaning of life, I think. Um, and it explores that through someone who, who I, I don't think it's a spoiler to like, for you to know that like he's, he dies for a, at some point. And so it like explores the meaning of life through, through someone going to an afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the move, the movies, and the the I guess the slightly older children's uh, films and television. There, there's there's still good stuff out there. You just gotta look at the just look at the right places, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I at least know there's that good thing, and some maybe some other good Pixar movies. But um, I also don't want to invalidate what you said because I think that there's some there is some truth to it. Yeah. So as I get older, uh, I realized that the effect my parents' parenting had on me, I believe children can be taught important lessons like personal finance at a really young age. And I think they can grasp advanced concepts. So what are the most important lessons children should be taught today? Oh, wow. I love that you said personal finance. I think that on a personal level, that is something that I so badly wish that I was taught um, and still need to be taught. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's really missing. I think like, um, um, like relationships and like, um, just, yeah, just all the like emotional stuff. I think we could do, we could do a better job at like teaching in that. I've been in therapy for a lot of years and that's something that's been helpful for me emotionally and as a person and I just think of some of the lessons and things I learned through that like knowing when you're getting triggered by something and knowing like um like when um I don't know like when like how to like think about the things you've done and knowing that things in the past can can stay with us like I those are things I did not really grasp growing up or understand. So that would be great. 
And then like from an outdoor education standpoint, I think the most important thing to me is can we build a relationship between kids and, and not just nature, but, but local nature, because um, for myself as a kid, like I grew up knowing a lot of like learning and seeing a lot of media related to like tigers and lions and like animals from across the world. But um, I think if we can like uh, teach kids and build a relationship between like what is actually in their communities, like, foxes and eagles and hawks then it'll help them care about it more yeah yeah it's that's a really great answer yeah so i realized in recent years a lot of children's behaviors come from marrying their parents myself included so is, is educating and healing the parents just as important as educating the children oh so much so um a big part of my job is like teaching teachers and teaching educators and I think that there's a lot of like unlearning that has to happen in there's this like kind of amazing study out of the UK that like explores childhood range like through generations and our great-grandparents could go like four kilometers and then our grandparents like two kilometers and then our parents like one kilometer and then we finally get to like kids nowadays and it's like maybe a backyard or maybe like down the street um so yeah i think at, at, at some point i'm not sure when it was totally but there was like kind of this movement and to like make childhood as safe as possible um and that is not great for child development because um when we wrap our kids in bubble wrap they can't like fall down and and learn to get back up and um, kind of build that resilience. So, yeah, I think what what we try to shift them or like educate is like shifting towards as safe as necessary rather than as safe as possible. Um, so just uh, always keeping in mind that like risks can be a healthy part of development. Yeah. I do this on a smaller scale, but growing up, I just kind of listened to my parents. And I, I didn't really think for myself. And now that I'm starting to think for myself, I kind of just rebel aggressively. Like I just like eat whatever I want, do whatever I want. Like there's a lot of that. So exactly like you said, it's, 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 it's like too safe when, when uh, we were parented and now that we have some freedom, people like me are going to, just go full out insane were you part of the generation that was being bubbled up it was like a mix um you know i think like um i was uh, i had a little bit of like bubbling that was happening with me and have kind of worked tried to work through that but um i also have was given a lot of freedom as well i did have like a forest that was close to where i grew up that um, I was, I think through some like, um, I don't know, like clever spinning maybe on, on my part and the other kids, like we were allowed to go pretty far in that forest. So yeah, that was, that was great. I have really positive uh, memories of that. Do you have any stories? Cause I know this isn't really about forest, but <laughs> I saw a video recently that, um, 
I forgot where this is, like America, the States or something like in the, like deep, deep forests. There's like stories of like spiritual creatures and like this mm. air that goes into heaven or a different dimension or something. Do you have any like crazy stories from the forest or is it a place that you still go back to, to, you know, collect about your childhood and stuff? Oh yeah. Like all the time. I think like the forest is, is my, it still feels like a really magical place. And I think, um, even though I live in downtown, there is um, this amazing park, the Leslie Spit, Tommy Thompson, um, that really is like a pretty wild area. And um, I think just something that has like stayed with me recently is I've been trying to learn uh, different bird songs and sounds. Um, and just like, honestly, like, like walking into the, into the forest, like especially now when the birds are are migrating. Um, it is like, it is like, um, like an amazing electronic music track. It's like, there's just like this, like all these sounds and like, it's like, it's like so dynamic and there's like kind of like a baseline that's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's really special. So been enjoying the music of the forest. Mm -hmm. And is that how you were inspired to make a whole project about uh, birds? <clears throat> I think like, birds um for me it was it was kind of the thing in outdoor education like that just <clears throat> for whatever reason like it just sparked something and I, I just I just ran with it and got kind of obsessed with birds um so it, it's 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 that but it's also just been maybe since 2014 just like really getting more and more obsessed with birds um and 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 plants as well and that was the last album and um and this one's about birds yeah yeah so we'll go, we'll go back into your project but got more got more questions about childhood education uh so kids nowadays are diving deeper into the internet more than ever and earlier than ever especially now going out of the house and making friends in person literally risks spreading a deadly illness so is there any early childhood education on online safety that you've seen? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, it's, that's not something that I'm, I'm familiar with or have come across, but it's something like the finance thing that you mentioned that would be super, super helpful. And for like the, my, my parents' generation, they're not very safe online either, uh, judging by the email chains that I get forwarded. So <laughs> yeah so i guess we all yeah other than the people that are um essentially addicted to the internet we all needed a needed new education yeah <laughs> yeah yeah don't click links and emails that you don't know who they're from <laughs> yeah my mom the other day is like why is my calendar full of like garbage links i'm like you got you got hacked like yeah 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 exactly yeah so do kids today actually use the child version of apps? Like, I, mean, mm. I kind of, because you're an elder educator, I figured they probably all run you around with phones now. And uh, so, but growing up, I was curious about everything and even generations before us. Um, so is there really a way to stop the kids from going online, seeing, looking to things that might not be appropriate? Is there, mm. are they actually using the, the child version of these apps? Yeah, it's a good question. I think in 
at, at Evergreen, we don't actually allow kids to use phones. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm sort of lucky and I will say that there is something kind of amazing, which is like, even though there's a lot of technology addiction and like everyone's on technology, it's like, it's kind of amazing how quickly like people can kind of like, like recover Mm -hmm. from that in a way, especially kids, they just like, um, so there's that. But then I think as far as the kid version of apps, like I have limited experience, but some of the, like I said, we do some train some educators and some of the educators that we train use an app called iNaturalist, which essentially like lets you take a photo of anything you see, a plant or uh, an animal or an insect, and it'll offer suggestions of for the identification. And there's a kid version of that called Seek um, that I've definitely seen kids and educators get into. Um, and, and, and just anecdotally, like YouTube kids, I do, see small small children uh, use pretty often. So your work focuses on embracing the environment. Do children seem to care more about the environment than previous generations? The teens, the teenagers seem to, um, but do you see that in kids? Are they thinking differently now? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I, I like... I do feel hopeful. I do, I know that like, I've seen a huge shift definitely in terms of indigenous knowledge and Mm. understanding and like a much more deep understanding than just like um, what I grew up with. Um, And I wanna say the same things are happening with climate change. I think there is like a, there's certainly like a like recognition that that is a is a big problem. I think what I'd love to see more of, and I don't necessarily know the answer as to how we go about that, is like often like kids are quick to sort of be like the solution is like renewable energy or this like like something like that. When I would love if we could like somehow empower them to think about it a little bit more like systematically like climate change is like really really complicated and it's linked to like thousands of things and we can't just like solve it like that so how do we actually make like systematic change in society um yes if you have any ideas for that (laughs) let me know (laughs) yeah that's a I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, that's good. So, so what is the greatest environmental concern to you right now? And how are the countries addressing it? I mean, I, I think, I think it's climate change. I, I don't, I don't know enough about it. So I, I think I will like spotlight um, another issue, which is the the disappearance of birds. Many bird species um, are on a sharp decline. Um, if like the vast majority of them, there is an article in the New York Times um, in 2019 that we've uh, lost uh, over 3 billion birds um, from a, a, a number of factors, uh, whether it be they're crashing into windows or, uh, or 
or plains or uh, they've lost their habitat. Um, and birds are really important for our uh, ecology um, because they spread seeds um, and they pollinate. Um, and they also eat a lot of annoying stuff like gnats and mosquitoes mm. and things like that. So um, I would love to see like more of a recognition um, of that problem. Um, I, I definitely know there's like a lot of amazing organizations working to raise awareness about, about it and act against it. But um, yeah, I would love to see um, like government uh, take a more active role in helping, helping out the birds. Yeah. Because so I guess several years ago now, the bees were a huge concern essentially globally and that caught the attention of a lot of different people. And, uh, from, I guess, anecdotally it has recovered the, the bee. I don't, I'm not sure how the bees are doing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've my instinct is that it's it still remains a problem and mm. that it, it's one that um, might also be linked to a lot of different things like climate change. So yeah, we got to mind our birds and our bees, Mike. Yes, <laughs> right, yeah. So I really like how calm and stil stylistically matching the animation videos for uh, Sting, Nettle and Dandelion how did that collaboration come along with you and the animator? Yeah, so um, I went to high school in Cambridge, Ontario with a fellow named Parker Bryant. Um, and he is an uh, animator. He, he always drew growing up. Um, he was always a painter, always drawing funny stuff and showing it to me in class. Um, and yeah, so he's now an, a professional animator. He works on a show called Total Drama Island, which I think now is like Total Drama Rama on the Cartoon Network. Mm. Um, so I'm very lucky to have access to him, his animation skills at a discounted rate, which is very generous <laughs> of him. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I think I've seen clips of that show. Yeah. Like uh, me and my friend do sometimes fantasize about working on like Adult Swim or something because we're both. Oh yeah. I guess want to be comedy writers or something, but um, I guess it wouldn't be all fantastic and mm -hmm. um, like it's not like there's probably problems at like working in animation, but it's just such a nice, nice thought. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely like it gets sounds like it gets stressful sometimes um and you're interested in being a writer and, and not an animator i think i'm a little late to uh, <laughs> oh, it's late, never, never too late mike yeah more yeah more writing side and um it's just i don't know like it's just like bob's burgers i was addicted to it was kind mm -hmm. of my way to like escape during most of the 2020 Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah animation is just like a different world it's just like a total total escape and it's just mm -hmm. so i think to people yeah there's a lot of good adult cartoons these days as well yeah mm -hmm. yeah so uh talk about chickadee and your uh, upcoming project yeah chickadee um so i have an album that is 14 songs about birds coming out 
and each song is about a different local bird. Um, and yeah, the idea is uh, to build a relationship between kids and and families and 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 anyone, because I, I think not just kids listen to my music. Um, uh, between between them and the birds that they can see when they walk out of their house, um, and we I started with Chickadee. Uh, that's the first single. I think Chickadees are often like a, a spark. It's called like a spark bird for people because they're very social. They're very outgoing bird. Very cute. They'll land on your hand and they'll eat out of your hand. Um, so yeah, they sort of got the uh, the the more catchy song that <laughs> tried to embody the chickadee yeah yeah, yeah any any uh have you finalized on the name of the, the album or still working yeah. it's called birds rock first album was called plants rock uh this one will called be called birds rock uh, maybe one day there'll be birds rock too who knows and or fungi rocks and yeah maybe it'll be rock, part of a series go ahead rocks rock Rock, uh, rocks, rock would be so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, I, I have to teach a geology class sometimes, so I, I, I would have like some material for that. It would hard. It'd be tough to do a whole rock album for me. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, but the puns yeah. you could make. Oh, so many. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was a pleasure to speak to you. I'm always uh, inspired by you know unique perspectives and people in different walks of life and uh i yeah like before um i was reached out to interview i was uh was thinking about how badly i could be or how many young minds young minds i can scar as a childhood educator as i am right now and um thank you so much pete moss yeah oh great to talk to you mike and um will you share this with me so i can share it around with folks awesome cool. Fantastic. Hope you uh, get some sun. I'm going to try to get some right now and uh, listen to the birds. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, pleasure. Great. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, take care.